and welcome back to the Key Arsenal podcast. It's episode 83 today. Hope you're all doing well. I'm your host, Matthew Key, and I'm delighted to be joined by three co-hosts this week. We've got Madeline, Carl, and Dad. How is everyone doing? All good, thank you. Doing well, thanks. Well, it's been it's been a fairly busy since our last um, episode. Only one game, but plenty of sort of off-field activity that's that's kept us busy. Um, and as I've said last couple of weeks, some busy times to come. So we're gonna get straight into it. And the FA Cup, well, it it was we got to a point now where it had fallen down the priority order um obviously it's still nice we wanted to win on friday we wanted to win the whole thing but playing against city away was always going to be difficult um well definitely the the hardest game we could have got traveling there but yeah from my point of view i thought we we put up a decent showing carl i'm gonna come up come to you first because you you had the pleasure of going. Firstly, what was it like? I know those away tickets are difficult to come by these days. And what did you make of the the performance? Well, I enjoyed it up there. Um, I've, I've been working up in, in Yorkshire and I, I just popped across to Pennines. And uh, so that was quite nice. But uh, and, and uh, the hospitality is rather good. You're not that far from the, you're not that far from the ground. You're only twenty minute walk from the ground from from Manchester Piccadilly, roughly, and there's quite a good good few pubs on the way. So it was quite nice in that way. The atmosphere was electric. It was fantastic in the Arsenal, and there was so what felt they were so noisy. We you know we couldn't hear City at all. Uh, all you could hear was us. But obviously we're in our own little echo chamber as such. So you do wonder if it's uh, if it's coming across as loud as. As as we thought it was, you know, we 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 was getting behind the the game itself. The way they came out, pretty much with their full team, bar the keeper, um, which was a surprise. I thought they might st- uh, roll the dice and, and and use some of their uh, some of their thirty odd players, whatever they got. I don't know uh, of of a very good standards, and we put out a probably a slightly weaker team than I thought we would. I thought we'd stick out our strongest eleven. If I'm being honest because Arteta sometimes does that. So, um, I thought we were the better team in the first half. I thought they were the better team in the second half. And the, the best player on the pitch scored the goal, because he did have a good game for him. Like he, 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 had a, he got the better sacker on the night, I thought. <coughs> um, and... Uh, you know, it's a little bit disappointing to be knocked out. Everyone loves the FA Cup when you're in it. Everyone don't give a monkey's about it when you're not. <laughs> um, so I was a bit disappointed, but not that disappointed that I couldn't go for a beer and have a chat with a City fan or two afterwards. It weren't that much of a that weren't that much of a grief getting knocked out by a team like that and competing with them as well, even more so. So that was a nice thing. We competed with them, didn't have our best eleven out, and we still competed with them. Very good. Yeah, um, Dad, we were we were quite so surprised by the team, weren't we? Because I, I we sort of felt that that it could have gone either way, whether he went full strength um, or made some changes. But yeah, it was you were. I suppose sort you did think, oh yeah, I'm not sure about our chances here when when we when we saw the team initially, but certainly in that first half, um, they put up a a very good good showing, and City didn't really look anything anything special at all. I'm 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 with you too. I, I think the first forty five minutes, whatever you care to describe it. We looked, didn't look in any trouble. Um, uh, it's it's the moment when when party doesn't come out in the second half, and then you realise quite 
quite how important he is because with him in the side, even with one or two missing, Carl's right. I think the word's competing. I don't think we looked brilliant. We were slightly the better side, but, you know, not much in it. But the, the minute party went off, we didn't look great until whenever it was we brought Odegaard and Martinelli and whoever else on and then we did look good again I don't I don't think our first 11 and their first 11 I don't actually think there's much between us I think as I've always said their depth of squad the people they can always bring off a bench even when they're resting one or two is Quite something. I was about to say they must have the strongest squad in Europe, but after another team's antics over the transfer window, I'm not sure even that's true anymore. Yeah, you must say Nottingham Forest have been really busy again in the in the transfer market. They have. Um, Madeline, for you, do you think it's it's that we can put it down that simply as Thomas Party going off? Changed that game completely, and that, well, that was the reason that Man City City had control of the of the second half. Yeah, um, I d it was one for me that, I don't know, for you, Carl, there, it might have been slightly different, but it was one for me where it sort of felt like something that was part of a bigger picture and that although both teams wanted to win, there was definitely a, a realisation that this wasn't sort of the the big game bet between the two. Um, so, based on... Sorry, Carl, is that, is that how you saw it? Yeah, yes. Yes, I did. Um, there was um, a tremendous amount... Oh, it seemed like there was a tremendous amount of respect on, on both sides for each other, for what we've done this season, for what they've done over the past few seasons, to be fair. Um, obviously, the managers are close. Um, I thought... Uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was a played in a reasonable spirit. I thought, I thought there was some there, there was uh, we 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 proved the point that we're up there. Yeah, but they, they, we we know both teams know there's there's two games, there's two key. Well, I hope they're key games to come. Um, 
as long as we keep our end of the bargain on this and they keep theirs, there's two key games to come. And they are going to be far more important than an FA Cup match. And I love the FA Cup and all that, but but yeah, league is champ. Uh, the uh, the uh, Premiership is is far more important. Yeah, Dad, do you think you could sort of to to use a bit bit of a metaphor? Do you think you could sort of compare it to opening round of a of a world? title fight two two boxers feeding each other out using the the jab early on and you can't really call it after the first couple of rounds is is that how you how you could describe it you could that's not a bad analogy it is two 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 fighters both feeling each other out knowing that you're not going to win it in the first round so you're not going to land the knockout punch. So, yeah. Like I say, I mean, it wasn't, I'm going to say, watching it on the telly, Carl, it wasn't the game that would have grabbed everybody off their seat, especially a neutral. If you're a fan of either side, it was a an interesting game. Did you learn much? I don't think we did. You know they're a good side. You know they got quality all over the pitch, no matter who they, who's in their side. Um, and I think our first 12, 13 are as good as any at the moment. So, yeah, it's just... It's quite interesting. It's the first game I've seen where somebody's actually kept Saka quiet this season. So, that was quite interesting. Was that because he didn't get the ball quick enough? Probably. Don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say. Yeah, that that is what I was going to come to, is that something I did notice was how both teams dealt with I'm gonna what I'm gonna call the opposition's most dangerous player. So obviously for City you've got De Bruyne, for us we've got Erdegaard as sort of an orchestrator, but in terms of dangerous players you've got obviously Seca for us and obviously Haaland for them. It, I thought the, the approaches for both teams was, was quite interesting. For you, Madeline, what what did you make of of their their approach on Saka? Because I'd I'd never sort of seen Dad's right with some of what he says, but I've never sort of seen a team double up on him that much. And it was like Ake was playing in a back three, and and Grealish was almost playing as a wing back in times, especially in the first half. He really did offer nothing in terms of going forward.
Oh, interesting. Is that? Do you think that as well, Cole? Again, having that sort of personal point of view of it, is is that how you you saw it? Yeah, I think that's pretty much summed it up. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it couldn't be asked, but it wasn't the end of the world for anyone. It was something for him to work on, because Ake will probably be in that position against him again. I'm, I'm guessing. Um, and you have to think about how how is how best to deal with him, how best to manage. It. I mean, Grealish, he he done a decent job. I mean, he's been half go over easy. You really notice it when you're there. How easy he goes over. He actually puts himself in a position to fall over. Um, which is, uh, you know, some would say clever, some would say cheating. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they dealt with him well on this occasion. Hopefully, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll manage it better next time. He'll manage it better next time. Okay. And if we go to the, to the other side then, what did... Um we make of our approach on, on Mr. Harland because obviously we had Rob starting off and it was something that we'd seen before last year with the North London derby where Rob's approach to something is to get as tight as physically possible to a bloke without actually being on his back. Um, Then obviously he, he went he off. He was a few times. <laughs> he went off. And then Saliba came on, and I thought actually actually did something very similar, if not quite to the extreme level. So, so what did we? Do you think that was a deliberate ploy? Me, yes, I think it was. I think it, I, I think it was a deliberate ploy. I think both of them. I think I think Rob done exceptionally well against Harland for the time he was on the pitch. Um, I have no idea if it was a booking, if it was an unlucky booking or anything else because I've not seen a replay of it and I'm there and I just see Harlan go up in the air and I just think, has he kicked him up in the air or is he just making a meal of it? And I have no idea. Uh, but uh, he wasn't happy with it for holding. I know that because he was still having to go at the referee as they came off at half-time saying that was never a yellow. Um, but I thought we'd go well with him. And then Saliba came on and I, and I must admit, he, he, that's as that's as well that both of them, but more so Saliba. That's as well managed as you're going to see Harland in a game. I think that's a personal opinion on it. But from what I've seen this season of Harland, he's he. I, I I thought he was unmanageable, and I and I think they proved that he is actually without kicking him up in the air either. In, in certainly in the case of Saliba. Yeah, I'm with you, Carl. I thought. Yeah, I, mean, I I do think it was a booking, by the way, Rob. Um, but I thought Saliba played him really well, and I'm with you. That's I'm not now. Maybe that's not quite right, but this is the first time you've looked at Ireland and thought mm, someone might slightly have his measure um, without kicking him up in the air. And Saliba got, did get tight to him, but I. I don't really think of him fouling him particularly, so he's probably no worse than anything Rodri would would do every week. So, um, yeah, it was quite interesting. I think if you if you look at the two, the, those two individual, you look at Haaland, will know against Saliba he's going to have to play well I, I suspect next next time we play him you might find Haaland will try and play on Gabriel just to see if he gets anything out of him um, and I don't think Ake will be able to close Saka down as quick as he did in the return in the return game either because I think Saka will get the ball quicker and I think we the way we were playing as well you, you didn't really have anybody bombing on to help Saka out particularly um, so he was always 
against Ake or whoever else. So when you look when we're playing well, Ben White's normally bombing down the outside, which creates a bit of space with it gets the ball all the time or not. Go on, Madeline. Yeah, um, that's a, it's, you're absolutely bang on about the goalkeeper. I did do a yes, they've got their rubbish goalkeeper in just for him to make a good save from Tomiyasu and then an even better one from Trussard. Um, but yeah, for a lot of people, when when he came in to say, oh, he's a, a financial signing or a social signing or whatever, Matt Turner has established himself as a really, really so solid backup. I just like everything he everything he does between the sticks. And I tell you what, his passing out from the back ain't bad either. So yeah, um, there's a lot of criticism towards him when he when he first joined, but yeah, it does does the job absolutely perfectly. Um. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about um, Trossard, someone that we'd seen for the first time against Man United briefly. Um, I think whatever you thought, whether it should go strong, change the team up. I think we we all wanted to see Trossard start, see see what he could do, see what he he bring to the team. Cole, when you when you watched him, and I assume you were you were impressed by by what you saw. What is it that you you liked about um, what he what he brings to the team, or what he looks like he's going to bring? Well, I think he's a good team player. Apart from anything else, he's got a decent shot on him. Uh, but yeah, I thought he played pretty well um, for his uh, if you like his full debut, his first start for us. And yeah, just suitably impressed. I think he'll he'll fit in nicely. Thank you very much. Um, there was no rush. I know they put him on later on, but there's no rush to bring on Martinelli. Um, he, yeah, he, he 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 got a steady seven out of ten, didn't he? Type performance. It was a first performance. I thought that was pretty good. He did. He didn't look. Uh, he weren't a rabbit in the headlights. He's playing against the champions of of the country, and um, yeah, done a good job for us. And I'm pleased to have him on board. Yeah, absolutely. For for the two of you, more more experienced fans, does he does he remind you of anyone you've seen before on an Arsenal shirt? Style of play you've seen in some be before? I'm looking at you, Carl. I can't think of anybody particularly. <laughs> He, he, he kind of, in some ways, for some reason, keeps on reminding me of Anders Limpar on a good day. 
but that, you know that's that's going back a bit. And Anderson was a bit more direct as well. Um, but yeah, I, 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 and he was a bit more of an individual, to be fair as well. <laughs> Whereas Trossard, I think he's, he he fits in more more appropriately than than he did. I don't know. There's, you can chuck in a load of names. I liked him when he was at Brian. This guy, he looked a good player. I didn't know. Um, I don't. I still don't know how it's going to go with us. Um, but it certainly enhances the squad, doesn't it? I, I couldn't. Yeah, it's it's difficult comparing with the past because you know, styles change. The style we play now, you know, is is a, what I've said. It's more akin to. I say George Clown, but I know we're not as defensive and negative as we were under George Clown, but it's more akin to that style where everyone has a, as a, everyone's a component part of the eleven as opposed to the individual flair of a Thierry Henry or a Robert Perez in, uh, or Dennis Burkham in, in the Wenger years. Um, and as comparing from that from that time, I say the only name that comes to mind is Anders Lindmar a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, can't think of anyone else. Can't think. Of when I look at Trossard, someone from further back. When I look at Trossard, you you think you're going to get a, a seven out of ten most weeks out of him? Whereas you, you're right, Limpol was probably more direct. Limpol would have them little spells, but but not every game where you'd look at him and he was unbelievable. So hard to play against. But you also knew he'd have three absolute stinkers where he'd contribute nothing to the team, Carl. Yep. <coughs> and this is this is Kev who absolutely loved watching Anders Limpar because you never knew what you were going to get. But um, yeah, you you were either going to get one complete moment of magic or taxi for Limpar. He looks like he's going to score goals. Yeah, he's going to score goals, you know, sort of like 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 Freddie did, I suppose. Um, but he's a different style of player to Freddie as well. Freddie was a bit more head down, looking for that final pass, getting in behind the behind the lines, yeah. weren't he? Getting in between the lines, waiting for Dennis Bergkamp's pass most of the time. Yeah, this 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 guy's more more of a wide man. George Armstrong, I suppose, going back a bit further. Uh, you know. Well, he looks like he's gonna. He looks like he he works hard for the team, and that's it's kind of essential for the style of play we play now. Yeah, everyone comes off that pitch, and they should be tired. You know, they should have put in a shift, and he looks like that sort of player. He certainly did. I thought on that on that first yeah. proper viewing of him. Yeah, and he's just had a kid as well. Nice that he's had it now and not too close to the Everton game so he can have a day or two and then go get back to training for that. Um, okay, right, that's the, the Man City game wrapped up. No need to talk about who we've got in the fifth round because we haven't got anyone. It's just hope Tottenham don't win it at this point now. Um, transfers. Obviously, last week we'd, we'd signed two. Uh Trossard that we just spoken about and the Polish kid Kiwior, I think is how you say it, um, who we've not we've not seen in action yet. Uh, before we get on to the person that we have signed, I, I want to talk about the person that we didn't sign because obviously Thomas Party had that injury scare the other day, which was a sort of it was sort of a back down to earth one where you think. We've said for a lot of the season that if he got injured, you think he'd be in real trouble. And then we weren't sure if he was injured or not. Hopefully, it looks like he's going to be fine. Um, looked at the the bloke from Brighton. Uh, so I just I just want to know, how do you think we handled the situation? Is there any more we we could have done? Uh, were we right to just let it be in the end? And Brighton as well. What do we think of? Their, their, I don't know, their, their price tag of him and their sort of reluctance to sell as, as if we'd not made a particularly good offer. Madeline, what, what do you make of it all? 
Dad, you're nodding away there. Um, I'm 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 pretty much in agreement with Madeline. I I don't know what he what he's really worth. I I you know, unfortunately you're in a as Madeline said it you're you're in a market that's absolutely nuts. You've got one team that once again, not for the first time in their history, have completely twisted the market. And if you're Brighton and you're the guy, is it Tony Bloom? You know, Chelsea have come in, they've supposedly bid 55 million. We bid 60, he's just going to sit there and go, well, I don't want to sell. I'm going to, if I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell it on my, sell on my terms and I'm going to get 80, 90, whether he's worth 90 million. I don't know. And and I, I'm saying, I genuinely don't know when, when a team has, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but that they've gone in, they, they've found a little loophole, so they're spending money, well, I would say in quite a risky way, but they're just buying players no matter what the price. They, they bought the Argentinian lad. I have no idea how good he is. I'm sure he's a lovely lad. I hope he gets, I hope he gets homesick and wants to go back to Argentina and go back to his mum's cooking. Um, and they get 30 million when they sell him on. You know, it's... They've twisted the market. If you're Brighton, you're just going to sit there and go, well, they're, they're, I'm just going to hang out for the biggest bidder, which is what Shakhtar did. You know, Shakhtar just sat and went, well, we'll have the money in one. Arsenal want to stage the payments. Chelsea will pay it in one or two or three, whatever they've done it. But they're getting their money quicker. I don't blame them for doing it. I think... The other bit, if I was the guy in charge of Brighton, I'd be slightly annoyed when someone's put on um, whatever, Twitter or whatever, that he wants to leave the club and he's happy to go and thank you very much. I'm, I'm not really sure that's a good thing. And if you were the owner of Brighton, you'd probably want to stick your feet in because you don't need to sell him. They got some money in compensation for Potter. They got some money off us for Trossard. Last season, they got some money for Benny Blanco. I don't know who else they've sold. Oh, they sold the other bloke to Chelsea, didn't they? Earlier on in the summer, 60 million. I mean, if you look at the guy they've sold for 60 million, I don't think he's worth 60 million. But if Chelsea pay it, that's their prerogative. So you're probably going to hang out and say, well, I want 100 million or nothing, and I don't particularly want to sell the guy, so. I don't know. Go on, Carl. Nah, nah, they're not a very nice club. They're, they're just a horrible club. They stink. The whole club stinks. So, I don't really care about them too much. They bought a player for 110 million who cost 10 million in August. So, you know, it doesn't. It was alright. So it's, it, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. It's over eight years. It's no worries. Da, 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 da. One of them. One of them fails, and they've lost that money. Yeah, because they'll never get that back. If if one of them succeeds, they'll get their money back because they're they've paid top dollar for potential. It's their prerogative. It's his money. Um, there was a rumour that uh, when Arsenal put an offer of 12 million in for Jorginho, he put an offer of 30 million in for him and then realised it was his own player already. He didn't realise at the time. But it, it, it's just very, very boring. And if there was real financial fair play, then it wouldn't be happening. But there isn't, and we know there isn't, and this just proves there isn't. And uh, he's, they have just abused the system. It's going to get updated slightly, but it's still going to be open to abuse the way they're going to be changing it to. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not that bothered. hope they go bankrupt. Be quite funny, really, wouldn't it? If it all, if it all goes pear-shaped, it'll be quite funny. Potter will end up with another job anyway. He ain't going to stay there for too long. He'll get the sack if they come 
to come outside the top four this year will get the sack, but he'll get a good job elsewhere. And I like the fella. I really do like the fella. But the, the club itself, yeah, it's got no class. Never did have any class, did it? Let's be honest about it. It was always a bit of a crap club. It was the fourth club in London. In my opinion, it still is the fourth club in London. So, not bothered. Never will be bothered by them. They'll win stuff. Yeah, you win stuff. You, you buy what you want. You're worse than City in that way. At least City had a bit of history. Nah, not interested in them. Don't care about them. Move on with me. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd just like to add that there's absolutely nothing impressive about having an unlimited budget and getting the, oh, the greatest transfer window in the world. If you gave me an unlimited budget and I could say to a player, oh, I'll give you a 12-year contract, and I did that to eight players, oh, I could have a, oh, I'd have an unbelievable transfer window. Because it's just that you tempt a player with a massive offer, they're going to accept it. And then it's just then up to the club say, well, he wants to leave now because we've offered him massive contract. Here's 100 million. We'll, we'll have him. Thanks very much. Move on to the next one. There's absolutely no skill or good done, gone into it at all. It's just random. I don't even know that there's a scouting network there. It's just sort of, he had a good World Cup. He's looked good so far this season. Ah, uh, he might be good in ten years. The French rate him really highly. I just it's just makes absolutely no sense to me. And I'm completely with you, Kyle. If that's the way they want to do it, then fair play. Because to me, if if Arsenal went and did that and bought the eleven best players in the world and then won everything, it would feel a bit a bit hollow. You don't feel like you've you've actually earned it, but. Fair play to him if that's if that's the way they they want to go about it. And um, yep, completely echo. Hope they hope they do go bankrupt. Hope they go back to needing to pay off their stadium and twelve people turning up. That would that would suit me absolutely fine. Anyway, that's enough about Chelsea. Well, almost enough about Chelsea. Because um, the player we signed on deadline day is from Chelsea, um, Jorginho. Now it's one that I describe as the the Aaron Ramsdale treatment in terms of reaction from from people. Everyone has completely lost their head about it, um, but to me, when I take a step back and, and look at it and I know this is we had a conversation about this yesterday Madeline uh, could could end up being a a smart bit of business is what we decided wasn't it
Yeah, I one of the things you've missed as well is that he's bloody good at penalties, which is always handy. Um, Dad, you you're a bit like me. You you could see the the thinking through um all the way. Uh, we weren't quite sure about the fee initially when it was looking at about twenty million, which were were the rumours. But we've both looked at it and uh, ten with add-ons if we win the league, which let's be honest, we'll take to Chelsea laughing um we're quite happy with aren't we yeah i mean you know you and i were talking about it i think 12 million is 31 it's not a really long contract yep wages are probably high i said to you if you were playing a game you were tuning up with 20 minutes to go and you wanted to take thomas partly off there ain't many better than him getting the ball, keeping the ball, moving the ball round, putting his foot in occasionally, winning the ball back. Um, I think that's good. He's, yeah, he, he's not a 21-year-old, so we've paid what we've paid. He's got some nous in him. Well, he's got more than some nous. He knows how to manage a game. He knows how to play a game. He's played enough games. He's played enough games in this league. Um, I don't think it's a bad bit of business. Like you, I think people look down their nose and I think people think he's, I'm going to say, more negative than than he really is. I look at him and remember a game a couple of seasons ago where he managed to commit eight or nine fouls against us without getting booked. And, you know, and scored a penalty, didn't he, Carl? Must scored a penalty. I can't remember. He scored a back post goal from a corner, I think it was. Yeah. He scored the winner. Yeah. It wasn't the winner. Equaliser. Tammy Equalizer. Abraham scored the winner. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is another thing Madeline did add to me as well, was that she's going to have to learn to like him. Sorry, Dad, can continue. Yeah, so, you know, I think that's not a bad move. I, I think, you know, you and I talk about Lukonga. I think that it's meant Lukonga could go on loan, which I think will be a good thing, because I think Patrick Vieira might get him back on the straight and narrow slightly. We might regret it. But I think he's going to go to Palace and play, Carl, as against sitting at Arsenal not playing. So I still think we're short in midfield, by the way, but that's just me because I'm naturally pessimistic. Um, and, and amazingly, Matthew told me some amazing stat about how many games he he's played for Chelsea all through his career without being injured. So no doubt that will come to an end. Yeah, it's something like um, ridiculous, like he's missed five games in his entire professional career due to injury or something. So yeah, look look forward to us talking about him getting injured, injured. next against yeah. Everton. Uh, Cole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cole, Cole, what do you make, you make of it then? Because you're the, the you're the only person I haven't spoken to about it. What have you thought? Um. Well, it's there's a natural thing. He's come from Chelsea and you dislike it. There's a bit of history there as well. And, and, and it has, it's not great history. So in, in that way, uh, you sort of, you, you, you're a bit emotional. You don't, want, you don't want him because of that. But then you start thinking about it a little bit like what Madeline was saying. You start thinking about it a bit and you actually, you know, can he cover? Can he cover the party role? Yes, he can. Slightly different player, but he can cover that sort of role. He can come in, he can move the ball about. He's very good at moving the ball about quickly, um, which is good. People can tell me he slows the game down. He doesn't. He's quite the opposite. He speeds the game up. It go, it's in the women out as, as quick as you want it. He can, he can, he can hold it or he can, he, can, he can knock it on as quick as you want it. He's very, very good um, on the ball. You know, so he can kill off a game in the last 10 minutes or he can create 
Uh, you don't play 15. He's played 15. He's 15 starts this season for Chelsea already. So he's like, you know, he is the main man still for them. Uh, he's never been relying on pace. So I ain't going to even bother going there. He, he ain't going to do what Thomas Partey did the other week against um, the, the Man United player. Like where he, he gave him a 10 yard start. But um, but uh, he'll probably be dropping a slightly deeper, I guess, if, if, if we do use him in the, in the defensive midfielder role. Um, very good. 12 million snip, really. Year and a half contract with a year extra. Thank you very much. Um, it stops me having to hate him. So that's that that's nice in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's a good player. So you know, why would I pretend anything else? I hope it works out for him for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, I think you're all you're all bang on. Let's be honest, if we if we have our best eleven players playing, <laughs> he won't be starting and I think if for right now that if We'd have spent whatever on Caicedo from Brighton. He wouldn't be starting in our in our best team yet. So I, I just it makes sense to me. You've Very saved true. yourself. You've might not be the same player, but you've saved yourself seventy million to effectively solve solve the same issue. And as you said, Madeline, doesn't affect your your um, summer planning if there is plans of that. If certain Mister midfielder from West Ham is is on the in the, on the shopping list and if Ted Bo- Todd Bowley's listing that's called a plan which he's obviously not familiar with go on Madeline One thing your dad said earlier on, which I was interested in, is is um, it still leaves us light in midfield with Laconga going, and who's filling that void? Because you'd normally have two filling that void, yeah. You know, you'd have a couple come in. So who is the other player? Is you know because you you see the Trossards come in behind Martinelli. Well, that's where we thought Smith Rowe would go. Vieira behind Odegaard, where another place where you think Smith Rowe could go. You know, you, you, at the moment you're looking at Nelson probably behind Saka. I presume Nelson must be close to coming back into full training. I'm not quite sure what the score is with him. So this is Smith Rowe the player he's expecting to drop in now into that midfield role. I don't know. I don't know, but it, it just seems like he's his posi- the, the positioning of all the other players. That seems like that's the only place he can go. It wouldn't be the strangest thing, to be honest, because he ain't. You look at the way he plays, his style of play, and he can, he could perform that role. I'm, sh- I'm, ninety percent sure. No, I'm not Arteta, but uh, you know, I, I think there's um, maybe that's where where he sees his future, Arteta. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's an in- an interesting point actually. I think there's there's a heavy reliance on. Jacker's fitness because we all know that he's he barely misses a game, and obviously Jorginho could have been brought in with that sort of that as a factor in mind that he, he doesn't miss many. And I don't know about um, whether the Polish kid as well. There's rumours that he plays 
as a defensive well rumors he has played as a defensive midfielder so don't know if that that's um part of the thinking as well in case anyone's interested Balogun has scored yet again uh well <laughs> while we've been on air guess what it was a penalty But yeah, we're going to have to have a very interesting um, talk about strikers in, in the summer, but we'll, we'll leave that, that for them. Um, right, Everton. Uh, it's sort of gone from the time of our last game, which the United game actually feels like ages ago now. It's gone from a, sort of, oh, that'll be a nice, comfortable three points, to a really awkward-looking game due to... I just the fact we don't have a particularly good record there anyway, and B because of a certain gravel-voiced manager that's that's gone in there, and they've not didn't actually make a single signing in January, so the squad isn't going to be any better. But Dad, you know that a Sean Dyche team is going to be disciplined, it's going to be organised, and it's going to be hard to break down. Um, you you know what you're going to get from a Sean Dice team. He's going to make them work harder than they have been. He's not going to put up with anybody who he doesn't think is going to commit to his. I'll say the cause of keeping them keeping them up. He, you probably know what you you're going to get in in terms of how they're going to play. He'll make no bones about it. He's going to kick us up in the air. Interesting, Michael Keane was one of them that was rumoured to leave. Sean Dyche came in and Michael Keane hasn't left. I suspect Michael Keane will be back in the side. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see five across the back on Saturday. I think the thing for him is don't concede goals. Don't give Arsenal any space. Drop deep. He's lost Anthony Gordon. Um, I don't actually think Sean Dyche will be that upset that Anthony Gordon's gone, being honest. I think potentially he's a good player, but Sean Dyche will be... Yeah, well, I'm I'm not a great fan of the way he plays football, but he's not going to put up with any nonsense. You want to go, you can go. I'm, he just wants players who are going to stay and fight. I, I think you might see a different... Calvert-Lewin as well. I think he might look a better player with Sean Dyche because I suspect the ball will come up instead of necessarily to his feet, up in the air and he'll be there. And he's got two or three of his ex-players there anyway, hasn't he? Um, did McNeil go there? McNeil? And, um, I was going to say, I've, I've just actually been looking. So you've got Tarkovsky, Keane that you mentioned earlier, yeah, he was Tom. at Burnley um, a while before, and and Dwight McNeil. So you've got three that, that he'll know well. And I imagine... How Cody... Sorry, am I being stupid? Connor Cody, you just said, didn't you? When did he play under Sean Dyche? No. Oh, right. So, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, uh, yeah, it could could well be the, the dreaded five at the back. Um, Carl, I'll let you... What, what do you make of it? I'll, I'll have a look, see who the ref is, so that you can... We can decide how much the they're gonna. I'll go on. It's the it's the wonderful referee who who who, who couldn't see for for Bino's red card, the most obvious red card of the season against Brighton the other day. Coots. Oh, so they no. said you're as blind as a bat. You're you're worse than Robert Jones. So we'll put you in charge of this one. This will be good for a laugh as Sean Dick's team kicks the crap out of us. Um, he ironically he no, was he, also the one that fined us, wasn't he, for the in the FA Cup? 
Well, it turns out he didn't, did he? It was someone well, no. at the FA find us. It was. It, it did miss a handball. He didn't report us or anything, and yeah, so that. So to be fair to him, and actually, as a referee, I don't think he's that bad. Actually, from what I've seen, I haven't seen enough of him, but I've never seen him be that bad. He was dreadful against Liverpool in the Liverpool Brighton match. He could have. He certainly should have sent off one of them and could have sent off a second, but. Let's be honest about it. I, I don't like this. He's obviously guessed that he got a card for Fabino because even Fabino knew he should have got a red card. <laughs> yeah, it was so obvious. But VAR should have turned around and said, "Actually, mate, you want to have a proper look at this on the telly," and and sent him over to the screen because that was a red. That was a that was a double red. It was so bad. But hey, you know that's the way it goes. Sometimes they miss them, and the VAR supposed to pick it up, and the VAR didn't. So uh, that's the way it goes. If he'd have given the red to Robertson, it wouldn't have been overturned either. Although I think yellow was probably right. Yellow, yellow going on amber, if you like, for that one. But um, yes, yeah, so I'm not too bothered about him. I don't like Sean Dick. I think he's a he's a he's a he's a relic of the past. Um, his football is rubbish. His nonsense, where he'll say, "Well, we didn't get that many bookings. We didn't get that many send-offs." No, because it turned out that the referees apparently are supposed to play or under under Mike Riley, uh, you, you referee teams on their style of play, which is an absolute nonsense of a of a of a thought even to think about from from Mr. Mike Riley and uh, and his cohorts. Absolute joke. Um, so hopefully we'll get a fair ref who will who will referee it fairly and please God. Don't let us make a bad tackle in the first 15 minutes because you know we're going to get a red card um, and 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 all that. Um, it's it's always a hostile ground to go to. It'll be more hostile. But they haven't got a clue there. They, they, they haven't, their set-up haven't got a clue. I mean, how on earth can you have... Oh, we're down to our final two count against. We've got Bielsa and, and, and Dick. And, and they are so polar opposites in the style of football. I just, you just think that's just enough utter nonsense. Uh, but that's where they are in the world. They, they just, they've lost the plot. And until such time as they, they get it back because they're a nice club, big club, uh, should be doing a lot better. Um, until such time, hopefully we can, we can stuff them. But um, it will be tough. I, I think the thing is always, Carl, is if if you score first, I, I don't think the crowd yeah. will get on to Sean Dyche. I think the, the, the animosity is the board at the moment, isn't it? And and the way the yeah. Everton fans Absolutely. see. And bear in mind, they haven't bought anybody but sold somebody. Um, no idea. Calvert-Lewin will be sharpening up his elbows. Yeah, we are getting them out like bit of you know sharpening them up proper for the game. But he's a sharp dresser, Mads. So does my two-year-old granddaughter knows that address, but she dresses. She, she doesn't necessarily dress well, and nor does is he. It, it, is it one we think that um, it's just another one of these away ones where just get rid of it, get three points, and might just be one that you ne- you never have to talk about again. But at the end end of the season, you think, yeah, good good three points that.
it's t it's ten degrees, ten degrees, uh, very little chance of rain, and a little bit windy. Ah, oh, superb! That, that sounds good. Oh, then those corners are going to be swirling around all over the place. That's going to be a nightmare. You you know is full it... well that that grass is going to be about three foot long by the time we play them. John's <laughs> yeah. got is the it... lawnmower with the is high setting on. <laughs> is it is it an opportunity though? Know, um, you look at look at uh, the minute twelve thirty. So obviously you get your if you win, you get your three points nice and early. That'll be um, eight points ahead of City. You've got to go to Tottenham, which is never easy unless you're as good as we are. And obviously as well, City, a couple of weeks ago, at home, managed to draw to Everton somehow. Yeah, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity, definitely. Uh, every game's an opportunity now. Isn't it really? Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to have the early. It's the early. It's it's nice to have the early start, as long as you win. <laughs> so I mean, the city are playing. Uh, uh, you know, a managerless Spurs for 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 quite sad reasons. And you know, obviously, I don't wish him uh, health wise. I don't wish him ill. Um, uh, so that will be tough. For, for Spurs, I would have thought against against City. So um, yeah, we need to get off on the right foot on that one. If we can if we can turn them over, and then uh, we can sit back and watch everyone else. Yeah, it's it's always either a really enjoyable weekend, or you just spend the entire weekend thinking about a moment where you didn't win the game, and it's oh, it's always so horrible. But to be fair, we haven't we haven't had a twelve thirty in ages. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, we we shall see. Twelve thirty, so we we won't have to to wait um very long this week. We'll see see how we do. And as you say, Mandley, it might be a struggle to talk about it um next week if it's one of those forgettable games. But as long as we win, we will be happy. Um. But yeah, that's just about going to do it from from us this week. Uh, thank you all for joining me. Uh, good, I mean, not as enjoyable a game to discuss this week, but we haven't had many, have we? No, indeed. So yeah, indeed. So yeah, thanks for joining me, and hopefully you'll be, I say, it'll be a good one next week. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back to discuss that Everton game next week. But until then, goodbye.